This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everything about your Friday, at least until three, is going to be easy. I mean, I can't speak for Lori and Julia. Sometimes they're going to make your life a little more complicated, but... You're generally going to have a lot of fun in the process. Anytime you listen to my talk, 1071. Hi. Hi. I'm Bradley. That's Holly and Rachel here. And uh, we'll have another special guest in the next segment. You are listening to the Colleen and Bradley show. Colleen will be back on Monday. Now, though, we need to go back to Publationship Corner, Holly. Great. Do you know what Publationship we're talking about? Pretend you don't. Tell me, Bradley, what publicationship are we oh. going to be surprised with on Publationship Corner? We're going to talk about Shamila. What's a Shamila? Oh, well, Shamila was, mm. was mm. John Mendez and Camila Cabello. Oh, but they're dead. I mean, no, the, they're not I mean dead. the publicationship oh, God, is dead. The publicationship, Bradley. Dark. Well, their publicationship yes, no, is dead. Their fake relationship for publicity is, is no more. And today we have learned exclusively from E, e. that's the exclamation point company, what went down between Camilla and Sean. You know, what's interesting is they changed the headline for the story. Ooh, so, oh, I love when tabloids do love that it because that means that somebody on their PR team got back to them and said, Hey, you are spreading falsehoods. Uh, or at least you need to change things. So, or maybe in, you're telling the truth and we don't want you to tell the truth. Exactly. Originally, this article said that Sean initiated the breakup of their, quote, stale relationship. Ooh. Now it says, what went down between Camila Cabello and Sean Mendez as they ended their stale relationship? Oh, that is delicious, Bradley. Love mm-hmm. it because what that totally says is that Sean Mendez's people were like, no. But this is what we said yesterday, Bradley, when we talked about this breakup, is that they the whole point of them putting out the same message on their Instagram story at the same time with a joint message was that they didn't want someone to be perceived as the villain in this relationship being the person that broke it up. Yes, exactly. However, when you read the details, the information still stands. Now, get this. A source close to Camilla exclusively tells E E that Sean initiated the conversation with Camilla about breaking up last week. Mm-hmm. Also, just like what a weird phraseology initiated the conversation. Like, well, like it's like the Camp I David am, Accords. Yes, I, Matt, <laughs> we, I would like to begin a conversation. And while the source describes the Cinderella star, Camilla Cabello, mm-hmm. as being, quote, very upset over the split, she agreed it was for the best. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It was really hard, says the source, for a few days, but she's been spending a lot of time with friends and keeping busy. She has a huge support system and is feeling renewed. Renewed? 
Okay, this was last week. Renewed. You guys, this was last week, and she's already feeling renewed. And regenerated? As, a diffi- as difficult as it may have been, the source shares that Camilla and Sean are still in communication and want to be friends, adding that it was not a bad breakup at all. So, Their relationship was getting stale and complacent, and they decided they're better off friends. Okay, please do the work for me, because I'm going to shut up now. Well, so doing the work in as like, much what does any it, of that mean? It it's do- all contradictory, is it not? It doesn't mean anything. It goes back to the fact that Camila Cabello and Sean Mendez's people don't want one of them to be seen as a villain because But you still need a villain. So they're like right. Sean initiated the conversation and made her cry, but it was all good because they wanted to be best friends anyway and there's nothing going on what? Well, right. You can't like, have it all ways. Yeah. Like, did he break her heart? Yes or no? No comment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That article does not give me any information. And it's so. <laughs> I feel like I'm interrogating you. I'm not. Or well, anybody else for that matter. We're but interrogating I'm just... <laughs> E. Well, we're very yes. confused by all we're of this. We're interrogating the lies. Well, and it's this is a fascinating insight into the perception that they want to have about a breakup. Or just like breakups in general, where it's like. That we have to contextualize a breakup between two people as one person being the uh, aggressor or the wrongdoer or the villain in a relationship and the other person is the victim, the do-gooder, etc. That we have this really simplistic idea of breakups when in fact, most of the time, it's just a series of complicated events between two individuals and then eventually, you know. Sometimes the person who initiates the conversation is the last one to know exactly and it has just come to the realization that like oh i'm done and the other person may have been done long ago but they just don't have the cojones uh to actually do it do something something about it i mean i'm not saying that's this case i don't know but to your point it's like the person who initiates it doesn't really tell us much about what actually went on which i look i think all of this is like of the publicationships we talk about this relationship does not seem very real if at all to me well no and that's why they're trying i feel like in this e story they're trying to make this relationship or this breakup with sean mendes and camilla cabello somewhat realistic Mm -hmm. but then i don't think that they actually checked in with what a realistic relationship breakup would look like last week sean shows up and says i think maybe we should break up to which she was very upset over but agreed it was for the best. I mean, okay. okay. It was really hard for a few days, which implies that this was not like a mutual thing. Yeah. Right. Right. A few days. Okay. Hard for a few days, but because she's with a lot of friends and family and keeping busy and has a huge support system, she feels renewed now. Okay. I mean, like that you regenerate. Well, which is fascinating again, again, again. Also, More it says fascinating it was points. not a bad breakup at all. So then, but if she was, was she heartbroken? What well, did I say? She was having a hard few days. Yeah, she was having a hard few days and but, was very upset. But yeah, and then be, but because she's surrounded by friends and family, she feels renewed. Also, the relationship was getting stale. Did she not know it was getting stale? Did she think it was getting stale? Did they both think that they were getting that it was getting stale? This is like okay. Also, these are people who were best friends and have been for probably near a decade, and they still are. Allegedly, supposedly. And then two years ago, they decided to take it to the next level. It just doesn't smell right. Well, no, it doesn't smell because it's not 
realistic. Like, even, oh, maybe we should just go back to being besties again. Yeah, when you What's go... What's the difference? Sex? Maybe. Okay. Also... I mean, do you... I don't know. I, I mean, again, it's the whole thing is messy because it wasn't real in the first place. Yeah. A real... Even if you... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say one one more thought. Yeah, please. If... This was a two-year relationship, and they loved, and they were passionate with each other. You don't just like break up for a day and cry, and then you're regenerated. Especially takes, at that age, yeah, in your twenties. Yeah, at twenty-four, it takes time. Yeah. Like these things take time, and that you're just supposed to think NBD. This further provides, but, and ev- everything's fine. Yeah, this further provides evidence that they want to break up, and they want you to forget that they were ever even together in the first place. Yeah, and remember that they made the announcement on their Insta stories. Mm-hmm. Which is no longer there. Okay, we need to go to a break because our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes is in here. Hey, Paul, I know I'm putting you on the spot. And Rachel, feel free to put up his mic. He's right next to me. Um, do you buy this relationship? Did you ever? Which one was it? Uh, Shamila. Sean, oh, that is Camila. Camila. Please. Oh, okay. Oh, honestly, I got thoughts of plenty on that. Relationship <laughs> capital P. Okay. <laughs> we'll get him in the break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Paul wants us to watch this weekend and beyond right here on My Talk 1071. He's got things for us to watch this weekend and beyond, and it's Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies. You've you've come to expect him every single Friday at this particular time. Paul, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's thanks. great to see you both. And let's get right to the fun because I need to know. Yeah. Whether Ghostbusters Afterlife is a movie I should put on my radar. Listen, I actually had a blast with this movie. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yes. I think what's... So, this movie, the premise behind this one is that it's picking up, you know, 37 years after that first film. Egon Spengler, we learned, the Harold Ramis character, kind of left his family, moved away from New York to this little farmhouse in Oklahoma, and has passed away. And now his daughter and his grandkids are kind of left with not knowing who their grandfather was, not knowing anything about this house. They start to hear rumblings from the townspeople like he was this eccentric dirt farmer. What's happening? And his granddaughter, played by McKenna Grace, opens the floorboard and sees a ghost trap in there. And she's all into science and learning. She'd be a STEM student. Yeah. And then she, along with her friend and their teacher, played by Paul Rudd, open it and unleash a ghost onto this small little Oklahoma town. Uh, Yeah. So it, I mean, you have to kind of go in knowing and be okay with the fact that it's going to live in this Ghostbusters universe. The original Ghostbusters are coming back. It's directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first two. So there very much is this family affair, both on screen and off. And there's going to be callbacks. There's going to be nostalgia. And that's just fine. Is Annie Potts in this movie? She is not it. Okay. But I don't want to spoil any okay, other don't, surprises. Oh, yeah, don't spoil Because it. there are Easter eggs. There are okay, references. Good. But what I love is that it's not so hard on that. I never felt like it was that distracting and relying on them too hard. But at the end of the day, was it just a fun, like, Ghostbusters romp? Because totally. that's ultimately why I will show up. I mean, I want all the nostalgia because yep. I'm going to inevitably feel that way. But I don't want to feel like I'm just, like, riding on the fumes of nostalgia. No, what I think I love about this one, too, is that they it, you're reminded that the first one is such was always about science and, like, a geeky science comedy movie. And they play into that here. You know, the kids are funny. There are so many science puns in it that I was giggling at. And I'm not even that smart, but just like it was funny, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. you know, and the Ghostbusters in this are the kid characters. So it's not trying to read, you know, the other ones are in it, but they're not the central focus, you know, and that it, we return to the world of Gozer and the key master and the gatekeeper. So like there's this kind of continuation of those themes, but it still felt fun. 
And Paul Rudd, sexiest man alive. I mean, well, he's I fantastic mean, at it. Getting attacked by a little Stay puff marshmallow man. Yeah, he is. And that scene is hysterical. Oh, I will good. Say. Holly, are you excited for this movie at all? I don't know. Well, now, talking to you, Paul, mm-hmm. I'm more excited because watching the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'm like, oh, man, this is just a cheap nostalgia ploy. Right. I don't know if I need to revisit it because I have revisited the Ghostbuster movie recently. <laughs> it's a little rusty. I mean, a little musty. But there's still nostalgia to to enjoy. I yeah, suppose. you here's here's kind of how I think about that too. Is like that a movie, the '84 one, is so original, so unique, and very of that time that you can't necessarily replicate that entirely. Nor are you going to be able to capture that magic. So go, don't go into this one thinking that it has to live up to the first. It's not going to. It's not meant to. Mm-hmm. But you get the feels. You get the things. You get some ghosts. great characters. You get some ghosts. You get a key master and a gatekeeper. I will, s- yeah. I will say the original Ghostbusters has like a darkness to it that yeah. is like adultish in a way. Is this movie more geared towards kids, do you think? I or? would say it is kid friendly. Okay. I mean, I remember as a kid being scared of those yes. ghouly dogs. Yes. And those are in this. Even the State Puff Marshmallow Man right. was freaky when he came around the corner. You're like, oh my and God. Sigourney Weaver huffing and puffing. Oh. <laughs> Can we get Vigo the Carpathian? I can't reveal everything, oh. but I will say that there is restraint in terms of cameos and appearances. Okay, good. Not everyone is coming back. Not It's not like a... You know, the little baby in the number two, I will say, is not in it. Okay. That I know of. All right. Mm-hmm. So there you go. How many ticket stubs? Three and a half out of five. Okay. Hey, look. Where do, where do I watch this? This is in theaters exclusively. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go to the theater. Okay. To to the Eventually, theater. it'll Eventually. come to some. Okay. Yes. Well, if I don't want to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I want something new, yes, the something other new. movie you have is King Richard. Yes. If you are wanting to get on your Oscar bandwagon, get those movies checked off the list, this is called King Richard. And this is really about Richard Williams, who is the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and how he had this plan in place to make his daughters the greatest tennis stars of all time and what i love about it and he's played by will smith um and what i love about it is you think oh i another biopic i don't want this you know or another sports movie this kind of transcends all genres the girls are venus is 14 by the time the movie ends it's really kind of like for lack of a better word an origin story you find out how they became who they are and how their family was so important in that success you know how richard and orsine who is their mom really weren't just, they weren't stage parents. They had a goal. They put the family first. They put the girls in childhood first. On top of, in a world where race was, economy was a thing, they lived in Compton. He put his foot down a lot to make sure the girls got what they needed. It's it's a really strong picture. All right, who made this film? Uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green. He made a movie earlier this year called Joe Bell, and he made this one, and I can't remember exactly who, co- who he, oh, Zach Balin wrote it. Um, but Will Smith is a producer the, the Williams sisters are producers on it. They very much were in tune with the Williams family. So there's family. a connection. A complete okay. connection. They really want to make sure that they were getting the story right as this tribute to their father. Interesting. And do you think that Will Smith is going to be Oscar contender this Absolutely. year for this? And I will say, this is the best performance of his career. Wow. And I'm not a huge wow. Will Smith that fan. Is, big words. Because I think that he for too long has played into his charm, played into the Will Smith aura. And I think right now there's this, maybe he's really realizing that he doesn't need that anymore. He yeah. can drop that. He's got this soft-spoken tone, but like the determination factor, he puts his foot down a lot, like I said. And then 
The wife, Anjanu Ellis, who you may remember from Lovecraft Country, she's fantastic too. She has some great scenes as their mom, and I would not be surprised if she's up in Best Supporting Actors too. Okay. All right. How many tickets? Uh, four to five for wow. King Richard. It's on HBO Max or in theaters. If you want like a feel-good movie, a crowd-pleaser, sports, family, this will cover all of that. You've given us two amazing things to watch right. this weekend. Are you going to watch both of them, Holly? I thought I was going to maybe go to Ghostbusters Afterlife at the movie theater right. down the street. I awesome. I, I, uh, you'll have to tell me what you think. If you go see it, let me know what you think. Because I this is one I think I would go see in the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because it is one of those things where my relationship or the relationship to the original Ghostbusters movies have changed over time. Mm-hmm. And then to see that and then see it reflected in this and that ha- the relationship with those kind of movies is always evolving. Right. You know, and so and I think what those is it expectations. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, again, King Richard seems like a good film to sit on the couch and watch this weekend. Oh, if you're going to stay yeah. and pop some popcorn and, you know, um, enjoy. Yeah. Hey, what's coming up on uh, Twin Cities Live today? Well, I'm actually not going to be on today live. <gasps> what? But I know, I know. But they're going to show my interviews with the cast of King Richard. Oh. So I talked to Tony Goldwyn, who's in the movie. He plays uh, their tennis coach, Paul Cohen, and Anjanou Ellis. And then the two girls, Demi Singleton and Sanaya Sidney, who play Venus and Serena. Now, if people miss those interviews, where can they see them online? Paul's Trip to the Movies.com or Paul's Trip to the Movies on YouTube. I've had some fantastic interviews recently that haven't aired yet, but they're coming. And then there's some other really good ones on there right now too fabulous paul always has something for you to watch on his youtube channel go subscribe when we come back paul have a great weekend crazy stupid idiots dumb people doing dumb things right here on my talk 1071 sorry you guys we were in the break trying to figure out the trajectory of auntie mame as a story as told on the stage and screen good afternoon (laughs) welcome to old hollywood with colleen and bradley and holly No, actually, uh, I'm Bradley. That's Holly. Rachel, thank you for helping us out today. And you are listening to, we're about to hear about some crazy, stupid idiots. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does, Holly. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Sometimes other places. Ah. Like? Like Florida! Yay, Florida! Yay, Florida! Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. It all comes back to me. Thank you. So just to be clear, before we go any further, what I was trying to figure out in the break is, because there's like Auntie Mame the movie, and there's Mame the musical, which was then a a movie. Yes. Auntie Mame, the Broadway stage play, followed the novel. Mm -hmm. After the Broadway stage play... Uh, they turned that into a musical on the stage on Broadway. So it went from a stage play to a stage musical. And that Broadway musical was then turned into a film with Lucille Ball. I prefer Auntie Mame, the movie version before it was turned into a musical. Thank you. That is all we had to figure out in the breaks. And we did. And now we go to Florida where there is a crazy, stupid idiot as shared by Holly named Susan. Hi, Susan. Yeah. Susan uh, was arrested on Halloween on a DUI charge. Oh. 
Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, standard criminal behavior doesn't earn you a place in this segment. But she was booked into the Sumter County Jail in Florida, placed in a holding cell in the booking area. Okay. And uh, oh, by the way, fun fact, she gave her address as the Villages. Oh, yes. 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 The big retirement uh, community. They get real horny. Yeah, where they get real horny. I mean, you got to watch out. Wrap it up down there, okay, if you're going to visit. (laughs) I think what you're saying is practice safe sex. Thank you. Please do. Go put that in the public file. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Hey, kids. Hey. Now, adults. It's what Susan did while she was in a holding cell while charged with DUI that makes her a crazy, stupid idiot. Okay, what'd she do? I think that Susan was watching some syndicated television before she got arrested because she tried to pull a MacGyver. What? Not a Richard Dean Anderson, but inspired by the character MacGyver. You know MacGyver. Of course I do. Yeah, Yeah, MacGyver is known, if you don't know the character MacGyver, let me tell you, MacGyver was known for... Uh, solving uh, troublesome situations with ingenuity, making a flame, (laughs) making a flamethrower out of a paperclip. Well, I mean, Susan was basically trying to do the same thing. Oh, my God. Except instead of a paperclip, she was like, oh, gosh, I don't got a paperclip in this holding cell. I don't even have a flamethrower. I have nothing. But wait, there's more. I'm wearing a bra. Oh, you are Susan. I am. Yes. Okay. good. But Susan is wearing a bra, too. And? And her bra had metal wiring in it. Oh, yeah. No, the uh, 18-hour bra. Isn't that how you get keep a bra going for 18 hours? Put some wire in there? Sure. Keep also, them. I never understood what that meant. Like, at 19 hours, does, like, does it just fall apart? Just, like, spontaneously. Like, oops. Forgot to change my 18-hour bra. Darn you, Playtex! <laughs> No, so she was like, I'm going to get out of this cell. I'm going to pull a MacGyver. I'm going to take the metal wiring from a bra and then use it to make scrape marks into the glass on the bottom of the holding cell door because she's going to scrape her way out. It's like Escape from Alcatraz when Clint Eastwood was like... How successful was she, one wonders? Not at all. Okay. So I didn't think so. A wire is not going to get you very far. Maybe if you tried to pick the lock... Yeah, or you just maybe ask someone, hey, I got to use the bathroom. Can I leave? You never know. <laughs> might be so. They're like, sure. Uh, just make sure you come back. Okay. Might flush, be, flush. Might be so uh, obvious and so stupid that it a- might actually work. No, Susan wanted to crawl out of a small opening in the holding cell door feet first. Okay. It's not going to work. Yeah. FYI. It didn't work. And then she was like, you know, yeah, okay. When later questioned about what the heck, Susan, what were you trying to do? You're not Richard Dean Anderson. You're not Clint Eastwood. You can't get out of here. And she said that she was trying to escape by scraping the door. I would have gotten away with it, too, if you weren't so smart. And she said it was scary in there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure she was right. I, I too, would not want to be in prison. Thank you. Thank you. Wherever she was incarcerated. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for Susan, not only now is she charged with a DUI, but two additional charges have been added. Attempt to escape, which by the way, is a felony now. So congratulations, Susan. And then charged with criminal mischief, which is a misdemeanor. Mm. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be in there for a while, probably. Or it's a misdemeanor. Maybe she'll pay a fine or something. Uh, She's free. She's free on bond. Okay. Yeah, that's Susan. That was Florida, right? Near the villages or something? Yep. Where are we going? Virginia. 
Yay! I want to take you to Virginia and tell you about a 34-year-old by the name of Keita Neville. And Ms. Neville, well, she did something earlier this month that got her arrested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what she did. Mm, no, it's not even what she did. I'm actually kind of confused about this story. So let me just tell you that she uh, was arrested on a report of a disorderly trespasser at a Norfolk property. So she was trying to break into a house? Uh, perhaps. I don't, I mean, I don't know because it doesn't really say huh. what she, but that's not why she earned crazy stupidity. It says, can you do me a favor and click on the link? Great. I sure will. Okay. okay. I want you to Here meet Keita Neville. Oh. Now, oh. <laughs> could you describe um, the picture? You see before you? Well, Keita's looking sad. She does look sad. She's like, oh, crap. Yep, it's oh, crap. I've been arrested. Now, I don't know what's happening on the <laughs> yes. top portion of There's, Keita's head. There, I, I don't know if she's on. I feel like she might be on that Netflix show where they do like, um, like Hollywood effects. Oh, sure. Sure. Like she was trying to do some special holiday themed makeup. Perhaps. Because it's, it looks like she was trying to make face well, on her face because it's like, it looks like I got some eyeshadow made from some stuff. Also mascara. Also, also my nose. He- nose, head, all sorts of things. But what is it? Clavage, or as I think the fancy people call it, decolletage. Yeah, well, what's going on? Um, I don't know, actually, because <laughs> she was arrested for being a disorderly trespasser uh, and also had an outstanding awar- uh, re- arrest warrant. Excuse me, words are hard on Friday. And five counts of assault on law enforcement that occurred during her arrest. Mm. So a lot went down. Okay. Yeah. However, according to this photograph and the report I'm reading, she had a paint-like substance on her. The source of the paint, which is similar to, and I don't know how the writer of this story understands this to be true. They say the source of the paint, which is similar to Benjamin Moore's Windsor cream, is a mystery. Did they? they what? Well, it's true. I did so she's got Benjamin like, Moore Windsor cream, and yes. That's the color of paint on her? Yeah, that would be similar. I mean, literally, it's it's just. This picture, Bradley, has a story. <laughs> Kita has been through an experience. But it's like when I'm walking down the street. You need to know what this experience is. How do you end up with paint on your face? It's like there's this tree that I walk by every day what? on my morning walks. Okay, and there's an there's an empty bottle of booze just sitting near the top of the tree. And every time I pass it It's I'm, still there? It's still there. And Any I'm, booze in it? No. But I'm like, there's a story here. Yeah. And I don't know what it's it is. Probably a really drunk squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so similarly with Kita. I'm like, there's a story here, and I don't know what it is. And I, frankly, just don't think we're going to hear anytime soon. So it's up to you to decide uh, why you think. But they, she got a, she did a pretty good job getting that paint all over her head. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she's peeled off certain parts of it, but left other parts. I don't know. I'm very confused. Yeah, like it's an aesthetic choice. Yeah, I know. Is this intentional? Is it accidental? I don't know. Coincidental? Where are we going next? I think we have to be comfortable with the unknown. It's true. We're going to Rome. Ooh, fun. I've always wanted to go. And I bet you've always wanted to go to the Roman Coliseum. Well, of course. Duh. You got to go to the Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, these two people went to the Roman Coliseum, two American tourists. 
Uh, went to the oh, Roman Colosseum. Well, American tourist never yeah. ends well. Uh, yeah. So they went to the Roman Colosseum, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, highly recommend when you go to Rome, go to the Colosseum because it's history. It's amazing. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's only one of them. But it's how they went to the Roman Colosseum that makes these two tourists crazy, stupid idiots today. Uh, we don't know their names. Just two people, aged 24 and 25. They went to the Roman Colosseum, but Bradley, yeah, they made the poor choice. Oh God, of going to the Roman Colosseum at five thirty in the morning. So what does that mean? With beer. You can't drink beer. I feel like it's Europe. They drink beer, but you can't go to the Colosseum at five thirty in the morning. That means that they broke in. Oh, they broke into the col. How do you even do that? That's I don't ballsy. know. I mean, I guess you just pick the 2,000-year-old lock and you help yourself. <laughs> so they were spotted at 5.30 in the morning, just having a chat, having some beers. Authorities don't know how they got into the Roman Colosseum because it closed to the public at 4.30 in the afternoon. And when asked by Italian police, the guys were just, bro, we're just having a beer. We're just having a beer. Now, That's so weird. They did get fined. 800 euros a piece for illegally entering an archaeological site. Did they damage anything? No, thank goodness. I mean, that's one of those things where, thank goodness, they didn't do something like Jesus Fresco, the Roman Colosseum. Oh, God. And then, like, I could just fix this. You got to have Sharpie or something? Oh, no, it's fine. You can't tell. It looks great. Jesus. Looks refreshed. (laughs) Okay, refresco. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Jesus, you look amazing! Oh, no, no, you don't <laughs> I feel like Jesus is not happy about that. But no, back to the Coliseum. Uh, they did not cause any damage. They didn't cause any damage, which, quite frankly, is what is concerning, because, Good. you know, by all means, the thing has been around for thousands did of these years. Americans and- get deported or something. I feel like I hope they were given some sort of. Uh, punishment. Uh, they just were fined. Okay. And I think because they weren't being, you know, bad about it i mean they were just chilling and having some beers i feel I like it was, know. yeah so you know there's other people who have attempted to damage the roman coliseum in the past and i think that their uh, their punishments have been greater than these two guys but just you know hey leave history be go have a beer someplace else also having a beer at 5 30 in the morning speaks to the fact that it was still their night Oh, yeah, like they hadn't, the party hadn't stopped. The party hadn't stopped. And I appreciate that they wanted to watch the sunrise at the Roman Coliseum, but hey, leave history alone. Yeah, leave history alone. It Mm. didn't do anything to you. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah. All right, when we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, it's the throwback live at 245.